Ho ho everyone! Welcome to Thursday. True and trivial talk with Matt and McGinty. He's Matt, and uh and, I'll say my name. And we got a we got a guest today who's hanging with us. But Wes Wilkinson, our pastor, Wes will Wilkinson. be. Hold on, Wes Wilkinson. How do I know that name? Oh, he's our boss. He's our boss. Yeah. <laughs> he's our new senior pastor yes, here for Church awesome. And we're going to talk Christmas after Wes, we're done goofing around here. Wes, if you're listening to this, like the first part, like, it was a joke. It was a joke. Yeah. Oh, no. so, <laughs> he's actually got a, a birthday coming up He soon. does. On the 23rd. Yeah, the 23rd. So if you see Wes and you happen to see him on the 23rd, wish him a happy birthday. Or a merry birthday or merry birthday happy christmas or hey my brother was born on the 22nd they really de- they, when they delivered him they put him in a christmas stocking and gave him to my mom oh like cute that's so cute come on uh, that's, toads adorbs that's 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 sweet okay matt what we got today man we got a fun show for you uh first of all as i said earlier um wes is going to be with us pastor wes and he's going to be sharing uh about advent and mm-hmm. uh, about christmas and so That'll be great. For sure. Until then, we're going to have a little Christmas fun. So, uh, oh, yeah. What are we going to do? Yeah. Okay, so we're going to do a couple things today. And we'd love to hear your feedback, too. You, you feel free to uh, chime in on the comments or emails and let us know. But For sure. um, we're going to start with something called In My Opinion. And so I'm going to throw a question to you, Daniel, and I want to know in your opinion, Christmas-themed, what is the best and what is the worst? Okay. So, you ready? I will try to do my best to give a fair and unbiased report on what we'll... I truly believe the best and the worst <laughs> in these categories are. We'll see. We'll see. All Bring right. It. So let's start with the best Christmas song. Best in your Christmas opinion, song. what is the best Christmas song? If this is okay, there's I think there's, you have to treat it with two different categories. You can you can do a carol and like a Thank you. Yeah, spiritual, non-spiritual. There you go. Okay, I think it's hard, you know, to really get. I love Silent Night. I think it's just beautiful. It's a beautiful song. Really, especially we typically will sing that song during candlelight service. Right. So it has a lot of fond memories there. So I really like Silent Night uh, for like quintessential Christmas carol. Uh, But when it comes to just like a fun Christmas song. And I love Feliz Navidad. You know, <laughs> like it just—I could just bob to that all day long, man. That's a good <laughs> like, one. Seriously, that's how a about good one. you? Uh, in my opinion, uh, the the best uh, probably Oh Holy Night uh, is probably my mm, favorite. That's but a good I mean, one. there's some. It all depends on who's doing it. Like it all depends on on who's because there'll be one time where I say, well, "Okay, this is my favorite Christmas song," and then an artist will do like another song. Like, oh, I love that song. Someone could totally know? butcher a perfectly uh, great carol. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But um, no, I would say "Oh Holy Night." And then, as far as a a secular song, um, so I've been thinking about this. I'm not love Jingle Bell Rock. Um, yeah. especially the one they use in Home Alone. Which yeah, version that was. That's, that's a, a good one. Classic that's one. A good I one. Think of. Um, so yeah, I guess I guess I'll go with. Jingle Bell Rock. Or even just uh, instrumental, like the Carol of the Bells. Yeah. That's a good one, too. The the uh, the uh, Trans-Siberian Orchestra yes. version. If you're going to do a Christmas light show and you don't have that as part of your Christmas light show, you have failed. You okay? got to do it. It is a must. I'm sorry. Yeah. Any Christmas light show worth its like salt must have the Trans-Siberian, Trans-Siberian Orchestra. The Carol of the Bells. All right. So in your opinion, what is the worst Christmas song. Worst Christmas song. Oh. You know, it's weird. Sometimes I really like this song, and sometimes I just think it's just the worst. And it's um, 
Oh, it's not last Christmas. I gave you my <laughs> That's heart. That's a pretty bad one. <laughs> that yeah. one. But it'll like it'll get stuck in your head. I think it's probably why I think it's the worst. I know it's awful, but it still gets stuck in my head. Yeah. You're welcome, by the way. So you say that's the worst. I think it's pretty rough, yeah. Yeah. So I would say Oh no, simply having a I love that song. song. Paul McCartney. Come it's on. it's great, but there's like a is he does he do the one that has a really cheesy synthesizer? It's like Yeah. Like, that's, he, it. that's his version. That's it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um so I would say I'm I'm not a big twelve days of Christmas fan. Um there's also this song. Um Actually, one of our youth workers kind of reminded me of, of how much I I don't like this song, but it's uh, I think it's Dan Fogelberg, and it's what? this it's this song it's this song all about how he uh, he ran into his old girlfriend at the at the grocery store and they oh my word. they talked and talked for have you heard this song no you know I've what not. I'm talking it about just, it sounds like a gem though oh it's it's it. it's awful like and it and like the the Christmas stations they want to play this every year is I'm this like, a country song no 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 it's like a, a song like a from the, the 80s song? yeah I mean oh it gosh. and it is awful and boring <laughs> but it, it you know it comes on and like I tried the other day just to get through it and it's like oh this is the worst Christmas song. But I'm um, still listening to it. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I thought maybe there's something here I'm missing, but um, I can't even nope. remember what the name of the song it's is. Just bad. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right. So, in your opinion, what is the best Christmas movie? Best Christmas movie, man. You know, <laughs> it's easy to think of the worst Christmas movie because basically anything made by Hallmark, <laughs> the, the latest <laughs> Hallmark movie on Netflix, and I, I'll go there in a second. The best Christmas movie, mm. you know, for humor, I'm gonna have to say Elf. Yeah, Elf is just great. It just it it it's so much fun to watch. Yep. But best in terms of just like a serious Christmas film, I'm trying to think which one really just. I kind of like that the the Peanuts one. Yeah. You know, the Charlie Brown's Christmas. Yeah. I always kind of think gets a little emotional for me. Um, there was a Christmas movie I used to grow up watching that I loved, and it was called Santa Claus the Movie. Oh, Did you remember? Yeah, it had John Lithgow is this like evil yeah. corporate guy, and this yeah. elf escapes the North Pole. They try to commercialize these candy canes that make you fly and whatnot. It was so. Bizarre. I've never seen it, but I I know what you're talking. It about. It is a weird movie, yeah. but that was like a Christmas movie staple in our household, like growing always, up. Always like, had to watch it. Huh? Yeah, I think we think we watched it like almost every other year. Yeah, it was <laughs> it was so weird though. Um, but yeah, in my opinion, I think in terms of humor, Elf is a great Christmas. Yeah, I would say I would say Elf, uh, and then uh, the Grinch with Jim Carrey. Uh, yeah, we we love good. that one, and and probably just as far as sent- sentimental goes, um, uh, Polar Express is pretty. That's a good pretty, one. Pretty pretty special it's for hard, my family. That, so that movie hits you in the feels in the end. Yeah, that's for sure. For sure, great quotes in there too. That's right. That's right. Um, and uh, you know, ahead of its time, you got to forgive the the glass eye dolls of the the animation, but it was doing something nobody else was doing. That's right, so, Robert Zemeckis. Oh, that's true. Did uh, Back to the Future and The Polar Express. Yes, he did. Which is funny thing. Elf was directed by... Um, John Favreau. John Favreau. Yeah. Who started the whole MCU with Iron Man. Uh, yeah. And <laughs> The Mandalorian. And The Mandalorian. So, true. All right. Uh, let's see. Okay. Best Christmas food or drink? In my opinion, the best Christmas food is one that's not Christmas food. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like Christmas food because well, usually Christmas food is a lot like Thanksgiving food. I'm not a Thanksgiving, which food is person. amazing. Okay, Jesus okay. loves you. Yeah, um, Thanksgiving food. 
or Christmas. I don't know, what constitutes Christmas food? Like, anyway? what, do you, what do you eat or drink at Christmas that you don't usually eat or drink at Christmas? Uh, nothing. Like for uh, me, eggnog. Okay, love eggnog. If we can count drinks. I said eat or drink. Okay, okay, you did. Fair enough. I would say eggnog is definitely. I used to hate eggnog. I really? just despised it. But then, okay, don't judge people. All right, I tried Southern Comfort eggnog. Uh-huh. Okay. And yes, it's non-alcoholic, but somehow they must use some kind of de-alcoholized version of Southern Comfort in the eggnog. And it is so good. It's, it's like, good. It's like drinking a melted milkshake. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I don't even taste the egg or the nog. I just feel like I'm just drinking melted ice cream. It's or when you so find good. a place that actually does an eggnog shake. Oh, See, I don't, good. I don't necessarily like it in a milkshake as I much because usually I just like that thick, just, mm, yeah. you know, all that sugar and... Corn syrup. <laughs> so I would I would say eggnog, but also um, around Christmas, um, so like my grandma used to always make this like Chex mix, which is it had all kinds of like nuts. Puppy chow? Uh, no, it had nuts and s- the, the Chex cereal in it. I mean, just amazing. But also sausage balls. Oh, uh, it's kind of like little meatballs, but like, uh, got some other spices. Love and stuff sausage balls. <laughs> Love it. I don't know, but why is that a Christmas thing? Like, this why, just in. Matt why, likes the sausage balls. I, why can't we have it like the rest of the year? But anyway, it, that's a Christmas thing. It's a tradition, right? I guess so. All right, so what is the worst food in your opinion? You know um, – Did we even talk about worst movies? We didn't talk about worst no, movies. No, I can't even really think of a, of a worst movie. I'll tell you one you want to knock off your list right now. What's it's that? on Netflix, so you're going to be like, oh, we should watch A Castle for Christmas. Don't do it. Don't don't do it. Castle for we, Christmas. We took us like three four nights to watch it, and it has, um, oh god, Brooke Shields in it. So why did it take three or four nights to watch? We kept falling asleep in it. Oh, okay, and it's like it's that great. So it has Brooke Shields in it, and it's got Carrie Yules, the the as you wish guy from uh, Princess Story. Okay, Princess Bride. Princess Bride. Thank you, yeah, Princess, yeah. Story, Princess Bride. So he's in it, and he does a pretty good Scottish accent. It's about this lady who buys a castle and falls in love with the guy who owns it, and yeah. But her maiden name is McGinty. So oh. she talks about, you know, she carved McGinty into the castle walls and other stuff. Like, yeah, that's cool, McGinty. But they spelled it with a U. <laughs> McGuinty? Come on. Jeez. So that's the worst Christmas movie. It was pretty rough. Yeah. It was bad. I can't really think of one right now. But or Any of the, like, Christmas Prince movies. There's, like, three of them on Netflix. And, yes, I have watched all of them. <laughs> I love my wife. <laughs> yeah, there's a, you know, some of the... I love the Rankin and Bass movies. They're they're the ones that did Frosty the Snowman, Rudolph mm. back in the sixties and seventies. And there's some there's some of those that are that are clunkers. Um, uh, <laughs> generous, like the yeah the uh, the Year Without Santa Claus or uh, what? Else? There's like a cricket on the hearth or something. It's like cricket on the hearth. Yeah, that sounds like a winner. Yeah, no, it's it's not so good. That's or they good. also did like a. A Frosty Returns. I watched that. It was yeah. on Netflix for a couple of years. Yeah. It was okay. It, no. it was creative, but it was kind of painful. Yeah. Plot yeah. was repetitive. Yeah. Just stick with the original Frosty and the original yep. Rudolph. Okay. So now you got to- Worst Christmas food. Worst Christmas food. Back to the food. Um, mm. fruit, fruitcake fruit, count? Yeah, fruitcake's not great. No. Yeah. No, and no. you always see these signs for like the world's best fruitcake at that like bake, Collins Street Bakery yeah. you see in Waco. Like it's still fruitcake, people. Yeah. <laughs> it can't be that great. Yeah, it just can't. Yeah, you know, you can say this is the world's best. I don't know, leftover burnt coffee, um, but it's still leftover burnt <laughs> coffee. You know, just if you want fruit, just eat fruit. Like, and why do you put it in a cake? And eat cake. Yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. So we're gonna move on to something now where 
uh, we're going to do a game called Five Word Clues. And Ooh. this is going to test your knowledge, too. Uh, we'll do some, speaking of Christmas movies. So it's Christmas uh, movies in one word. Well, so I'm going to give you a word, see if you can guess. Uh, I may give you the first two words and see if you can guess based on those first two words. Okay. And then uh, finally, by the fifth one, you should surely get it. But it's also a little game for you, too, listening out there. So you see can See if you can guess it before I can. And you know what? That may not be that hard. <laughs> may not be that hard. So. All right. Let's do this first one. Here we go. All right. Um, left is the first word. Boy is the second word. Left boy. I'm going to go with home alone on this. Home alone. There hey, you go. thank you. You got it. You got it. All right. I only All took right. two words. Yep. So the five words were left, boy, abandoned, intruders, and ah. <laughs> All yeah. right. Next one. Here we go. Okay. No, Book. Book. Oh, give me a second. You know, we're doing one word. Um, book. I'm trying to think what Christmas movie really centers around a book. I'm going to need another word. Dad. Dad. Book. Dad. Dad. What movie surrounds having a dad as a central figure? Um, the book of, and this is a, these are strictly Christmas, Christmas movies. Santa. Is it Santa Claus? Spaghetti. Really? It's Elf? Elf. Why? What? Why book? does book have to do with it? Because uh, it it's all about writing a book. His dad's a oh, book writer. Oh yeah, his dad is a. Yeah. Book and in writer. in the end, he writes a book that. about Elf. Elf. Yeah. Okay, there you go. So his book, Dad. But I want to think of book, book as being a chief descriptor for that movie. That's well, that's of... why it's the first word. Okay, fair enough. Book, Dad, Santa, Spaghetti, and then Buddy. All oh. right, ready? Here we go. Give me another one. Angel. Angel. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, okay. It's a Wonderful Life. Is it really? It is. Oh, I'm so good. <laughs> One word, baby. The five words were angel, bank, bridge, <laughs> pedals, and clearance. Yeah. See, you see, we think what quintessential Christmas movie has an angel in it? Yeah. And uh, could you? Would you talk about favorite Christmas movies? That that one's a winner. It's really good. Yeah. It's a tough watch. It, One because it's in black and white. It's about thirty minutes too long. But you know, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also really well done. All right. Here we go. Uh, I'm going to pause you there real quick. Hold uh, on. Okay. So I know it might be a sin for someone to remake It's a Wonderful Life, but I feel like if if Steven Spielberg can remake the West Side Story, and if it's actually truly good as people say it is, I feel like Steven Spielberg needs a remake. It's a Wonderful Life. Maybe so. I think he should do it. And of course, there's only one person on the planet that can play him. Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks? Yeah. Yep. Put Tom Hanks in that role. Done. <laughs> Done. You, you say no more. It's it's going to be as good as the original, but in color. There you go. Okay. I. I. Like, like E-Y-E. E. Like, okay, like the I. I. Huh. All right. <laughs> That's bully. Okay. I, Christmas story. Just yep. shoot your eye out. I. Bully. Tongue. Fragile. <laughs> fragile. And red. Yep. Fragile. Christmas story. All right. I got, wait, You're did I get good. two words on that one? Yeah, you did. You're doing good. Okay, I'll take it. All right, here we go. Man, how are you guys doing? You guys tracking? Well, they're you not. Beating me? You're not even, you're not even letting them try cuz you just I'm beating them to the Killing first. it. Like the first word. So I, you say I should go easy on this. Let's just go pretend. Easy on this. Yes. Okay. All right. yeah, let's let them play something. too. Okay. Dog. Dog. Angry. Oh, I think I know. I know what this is. I'm going to say I know it at two words, and you can keep saying the other words so other people can guess. 
Heartless. Yep. Keep going. Thief. <laughs> Green. <laughs> the Grinch. The Grinch. Yeah. So I, when you said, what was the first word he gave? Uh, dog. Dog. It was weird. When you said dog, I thought about the Grinch because of Max. Oh, yeah. And then you, what was the next word he gave? Um, angry. Angry. I was like, that seals the deal. So, <laughs> cool. All right, here we go. Slay. Slay. Oh, man. How many Christmas movies have a slay in it? My word, that's generic. Uh, uh, I'll, give me the next word. Dentist. Oh, okay. I know this. Keep going. Misfit. <laughs> Keep going. Let other people see if they get it yet. Abominable. All right. Let's just cut the out of the misery. It's Rudolph, the red yep. reindeer. Red was the last word. Good job. Yeah. Good job. All right. Let's do a few more. Here we go. Okay. This one's a little harder. Okay. Dark. Dark. I would have gone with uh, It's a Wonderful Life on Dark. <laughs> Moon. Is this like a, a new movie? Like a mm. dream. Okay. I'll lock it in at three words. Keep going. Prior. All right. Skeleton. Okay. I'm going to. Wow. It could either be Scrooged <laughs> <laughs> with Bill Murray or it's, um, I'm pretty sure I, I locked it in three words. It's it's uh, Christmas Carol. Nope. What? Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, that's a Christmas. Yeah. I don't think. Yeah, it's a Christmas yeah. movie. Well, you know, it, it can be both. <sighs> Christmas, Halloween. I was not thinking yeah. about that being a Christmas movie. I yeah. always think of it as a Halloween movie because it's so yeah. macabre. That's when we watched macabre. it. Macabre. I watched it for the first time this macabre. year and I'm like, eh, you know. It's brilliant. But, you know, Tim Burton okay. is dark. That's so, All right, here we go. Snow. Okay, snow buddies. <laughs> Kids. Keep going. Hat. Hat. Oh, well, I lock it in at three. Keep going. Melt. <laughs> Magician. Frosty the Snowman. Frosty the Snowman. All right, all well right. Done. All right. I feel like we should have been keeping score here. Like nah, locking in at three words, good, two words. You're good. You're good. All right. All right. Here we go. Um, oh, what we got? I already did that one. Hold on. Come on. Make it hard for me, Matt. Make it hard for you? Make it hard for me. I'm, I'm going to try and find one that's a little bit harder here. Bring it. Okay. Got it. You should have brought your reading glasses. You printed that thing. <laughs> I got small. it. I got it. North. <laughs> North. Like North Pole. Caribou. Caribou. Wow. Ticket. Uh, oh, freeze it at three. Go. Keep going. Conductor. Yeah. Train. Polar Express. Polar Express. I should have gotten that too. Yeah. Polar Express, North Pole. That's all right. Here we go. Last one. Disappointed in myself. We'll do maybe one, two more. All right. Okay. Eve. It's like Christmas Eve. Business. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. I'm going to lock it at two. Keep going. Three. Three. Tiny. Okay. And Cratchit. <laughs> Cratchit. Well, I guess that's a that's a Christmas. Yeah, carol, three right? ghosts. Yeah, three spirits. Man, that's really obscure. I wouldn't have thought yeah. of that for a Christmas Carol. All right. So that took me all five to get that one. <laughs> My word. Here we go. Death. <laughs> These are just so heartwarming. <laughs> Dark death. Beard. Beard. Oh man. Visitation. Okay, locking in at three. Keep going. Elfs, as in E L F S. Like, okay. You know, the, yeah. Yeah. Claws. 
Claus, yeah. It's Santa Claus. The Santa Claus. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> it starts with death because <laughs> Yeah, no. It, yeah. <laughs> Santa didn't die. He just went to a better he, he went to the north the north north pole. He shifted. Now someone else is Santa. That's right. Buzz Lightyear. Buzz oh. Lightyear. <laughs> All right. Well, here is the time where I'm gonna get out of here. I'm gonna let you have your Christmas fun. And Wes is gonna take my spot because yeah. There is not room yet for the three of us. So, but there will be, uh, hopefully soon. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to give up this chair, and I'm going to give it over to Wes. But hey, take a quick potty break and come back. And five seconds. You only have five that's seconds. A, that's a quick potty break. You know what? It um, Or you, press pause. That'll know. work. That'll work. <laughs> we'll see you in a minute. I'll see you. Bye. All right, and we are back. We have Pastor Wes with us today, and we are going to talk Christmas. There we go. Yeah. So, uh, Pastor Wes, how are you feeling today? Man, uh, you know, ready, uh, ready for the weather to feel more like Christmas. We get little spurts, but it's like I'm one day cold of cold. Weather. Yeah, yeah. I, I need a Christmas season of cold, but. Well, in Texas, be careful what you wish for. Yeah, it usually comes about February. <laughs> yeah, I know comes. how it works. It yeah. always came at the beginning of baseball season is when it would roll in. True. Very true. Well, we are been doing like a Christmas theme today, and we got a couple questions for Wes. In fact, one of the questions that we got online from you, for you, was what is a Christmas tradition that you have? I think we may have talked a little bit about this. Yeah, I don't remember. During our initial interview with you. Yeah. Um, but maybe just... What are some things you guys hope to do this year, Christmas-wise? <laughs> I think this year we're just hoping to get unpacked and like put up a decent amount of Christmas decorations since we're still trying to get out of boxes in the house. Yeah. Uh, um, I don't, you know, I just I think for us probably it's what small things can we do kind of in this weird season of unpacking and trying to get settled. What are some small things we can find to do uh, to just make it fill? Like Christmas, since yeah. for us it's been a little bit of a, a wild couple weeks. Um, you just moved, what, like two weeks ago? Yeah. Like, Not even? Yeah, like maybe. Barely. barely. Yeah. yeah. You just moved in the day before Thanksgiving. Yeah, and, you know, you got to get enough unpacked to find your Christmas stuff. and So, you know, we've got we've got some up, but I think I think the, the aim is if we can get some ornaments on the tree, we'll, it'll feel like a <laughs> feel like a win hey, that's for this year. It is a big deal having your sort of your family history in the ornaments yeah. on the tree. I mean, it's hard enough for us. We know where the stuff is every year doing this. But right. Okay, where did I put this a year ago and which tub and which yeah. lights still work? And so. That's always the worst is plugging in and going, <sighs> oh, we're down a couple strands. I feel like we could do a First World Problems rant right now on Christmas tree <laughs> lights. Seriously, so like, this worked last year. What yeah. changed, you know? Yeah. And you yeah. had to retest them all again. I was up to like 930 last night putting Christmas lights on our trees. And it was oh. like misting and raining. and it, Oh, yeah. outside. Outside, yeah. Yeah, we haven't tackled that. I'm far. way behind the curve. Well, I mean, you guys <laughs> just move. You have an excuse, but usually I, I wrap. I have two big oak trees, and I wrap both of them fully, like branches and everything. It looks oh, really that's impressive. cool. I get up in the ladder and lit, risk life and limb to wrap the limbs. What color lights do you use? White. Yeah, I don't go crazy Solid colors for trees. Yeah, classy yeah. white. Part of it is that we have like a frozen theme going on. Someone sure. gave us a yeah, Elsa yeah. inflatable, and then someone gave us an eight foot tall or like nine foot tall Olaf. Wow. <laughs> it's huge. Anyway, wow. well, let's get to some serious stuff. You've been doing a Christmas series called First Family Advent on Wednesday nights. You've done two yep. nights, and then we're going to have another one. Actually, we just finished the last one yesterday. Yep. And um, so we kind of wrapped that up. So kind of give us 
a bit of a, why did you want to walk through the Christmas story in this particular way? Sure. I mean, you know, I think there's probably a variety of reasons. I don't know that one is there's a diehard like Christmas reason. Other than I do think it's that it's that time of year. Um, people are looking for that and thinking back to that. And, and part of that's, a you know, probably a shame on us that we only think of the Christmas story during the Christmas season when that's not at all how Scripture <laughs> views yeah. it. Uh, there's there's no embargo on reading the first two chapters of Luke and Matthew um, only during the, the, the weeks between Thanksgiving and December 25th. Um, but I also think, too, I, I, I think it's one of those places that if you've, if you have grown up in the church setting, you are so accustomed to the basic details of the story mm. that you can just overlook and miss things. And I, I think that was, you know, there was a period, I don't remember how many years ago, several years back, and I just remember reading back through it and, and noticing just little small things that all of a sudden, um, as I began to process, brought brought a different level of perspective. And um, so just to do that as a church family, to do that together, to, to take that time to put our own um just kind of corporately our affections and mind on the same thing. And just, I think it, it's, it matters and, and it's it certainly make sure we don't, we don't miss, um, uh, miss what's really going on and really what, uh, what the Christmas season should, should drive us to be thinking about. True. We've been going, started a new series for young adults called Advent, uh, shocker. And it, it's good uh, yeah, by Duran Gray and it's really good stuff. And there was a quote he had, and some of you may have saw, seen this on Facebook because I posted it a couple of days ago. He said, Christmas is not about the presence under the tree. It's about God's presence on a tree, the yeah, cross. Yeah, it's a good quote. And it's, a good and quote. it's very pithy. Yeah, that was yeah. our word of the day last time we did the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it was pithy. You know, you say wisdom literature, the, the – um, the uh, not Song of Psalms. The um, help me out here, Wes. Wes wisdom literature about Proverbs. Oh, Proverbs. Proverbs. Yeah, yeah. Very yeah. pithy. Very yeah, yeah. pithy. Tends to be true of things. Um, but yeah, it's it's easy to lose the story of Christmas in the story of Christmas. Yeah, and you know, I think too added to that, just the reality is we hadn't had, no one's had a really normal Christmas season in now two years. This is true. Uh, you know, I wouldn't describe for any of us this as a uh, normal Christmas season with I with know. just you know pick your pick which thing you want to pick out of the yeah. you know the news cycle to make it a different Christmas season. And I just I, I, that uh, it's just good to to get back in, in in the right focus. Slash sometimes when there's enough things that are changing and stirring us up, I think it maybe oh, we find ourselves a little bit more open. Yeah. Uh, to really processing and seeing truth and being changed. I definitely think that's true, for sure. And you've been kind of going through a lot of finer points and details of sort of the Christmas story and sort of focusing on the family, right? Joseph yeah. and Mary. And what do you think is most surprising about the story of Christmas? You know, this this is, and I'm, I'm not going to, not trying to be cute here, but if I think if we take Scripture seriously, what what was most surprising about the Christmas story is the Christmas story. <laughs> I mean, if you if you really walk through, everybody is surprised by what's going on. There's this element of shock of of for for some who are responding rightly awe of there are some who miss it. There are you know the whole Christmas story, how the word took on flesh. Mm. Um it's not how any of us would have written it. No. 
Uh, Jesus, Jesus didn't come at the time we might have thought he would have come, but Scripture says it was the fullness of time in God's yeah. eyes. He didn't come with to, to the to the wealthy, the powerful, the noble. The he came in the most basic way. I mean, just uh, the, I think all the aspects of it is surprising. And then I think as you you get into the finer tuned details and you just realize what the, what these people that you find in the Christmas story, what they're really experiencing, going through. What, you know, when you put yourself in in uh, Joseph's shoes. And mm. what's that conversation like when Mary says, hey, by the way, I'm pregnant. Uh, obviously, you're not the dad. Yeah. Uh, and guess what? God's the dad. Uh, I'm pregnant with with the Messiah, and God God put him in me. I mean, really put yourself in Joseph's <laughs> shoes. How's that conversation? You know, put yourself in Mary's shoes. Yeah. How, How terrifying is, of a conversation to have to try that. that one. Yeah. So, Seriously. you know, put yourself in Joseph or Mary's shoes and in the various ways God communicates to them when basically God affirms what he's doing and Mary's response is basically, Lord, may your will be done. And Joseph's response is to obey and take her as his wife. You just, you put yourself in their shoes. There's a lot that you realize. I think we we just easily can look past and, and yeah. not miss and go, wow, actually, oh, wow. I think what's really fascinating about Joseph is that even when he didn't really have any affirmation about what was actually going on with Mary, he he still was going to deal with things in a way that was righteous and caring and thoughtful. Yeah. And and what I think is also really cool is that God didn't just be like, hey, you just got to trust her and believe this. He actually stepped in and miraculously conveyed things through a dream. Yeah. You know, and affirmed things, knowing that this is a tough pill to swallow. For sure. And knew exactly what Joseph needed in order to really accept and trust and yeah. fall through on this. You know, and I I think that's a, a great testimony. I was actually training somebody or just teaching somebody how to like study scripture and how to do a Bible study. I said, always ask scripture, what is this telling me about God? Yep. What is this so what what does the story tell us about God's nature? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think you find all throughout from, you know, you look at God communicating to Joseph. Obviously, Joseph has no precedent to look to, nor would there be. This is a, <laughs> this is a one time. You're the one guy in all of human history. You, you who's, are the guy. Whose who's, uh, virgin wife is pregnant um, with the Messiah, with with the chosen one, the anointed one, with God himself. And, um, you know, so seeing God communicate seeing God take care of things that way. I mean, you go to, you know, we talked about the first night of just the Christmas story in Scripture starts with uh, the announcement and then the birth of John the Baptist. Mm-hmm. But even just take who is John the Baptist, or, or, or more accurately, what is John the Baptist's role? His, his role is to be the the forerunner, to be the proclaimer, the one setting the way. God is really concerned that people actually know who he is and know him on his terms for who he is and how he yeah. is. You see God communicating right from the start. Now, it's maybe not communicating in the way that we're all looking for, which is why, hence the surprise part. And obviously, you know, in the New Testament, the mystery of the gospel, um, that now is no longer a mystery. It's happened. Mm-hmm. We see it. It's clear. But at that time, uh, would have been a mystery to them. But uh, I just, I think you see God's character so clearly. His heart is to to seek and save. You see him communicate clearly. You see him take care of the things, the places where things could go off the rails. You watch him provide and guide and and faithfully protect and 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 steer. And so, you know, I just think you see clearly what God's character is all over Scripture is is every bit just as loud throughout the whole narrative of the Christmas story. True. I think what's also really important about Jesus' birth is it communicates 
the uniqueness of his nature. Right? You think about the first couple hundred years of church history, people, the church really wrestled with what is Jesus, right? Like what what was he? Was he a, a human body possessed by God's spirit? Was he a, this weird union of two? And sometimes he was God and sometimes he was man. When he's doing miraculous things, he was he was God. When he was doing eating food, he was man, but it was either or, not both at the same time. And so the virgin birth really encapsulates this idea of these two natures, right? That sort of the, the homoousios of the same nature of God, but, you know, at the same time, he's 100% man, right? Yep. He, was, he wasn't just dropped from heaven, right? He was born yeah. from a woman, but how was he conceived from the power and of the Holy Spirit, yep. you know? And yep. I think it's just so, so, so clear. And, and I think that's when we talk about doctrine, that's why we talk about he was born to a virgin, Right. And that means he was born without a sin nature. Yeah. Right. He is, as the Apostle Paul called him, the, the new Adam, um, which I think is. So unpack that idea of Jesus being the new Adam for us. Sure. Wow. You're going Sorry, to a different I just theological direction than on our cue cards. <laughs> I didn't warn here. you on that. Uh, no. Um, I mean, he, where Adam failed, uh, Jesus succeeds. Where Adam fell short, Jesus obviously is the exact uh, representation of the glory of God, mm. uh, where Adam sought to. I mean, this was this was. Uh, I didn't use this in the sermon a couple of weeks ago, but where Adam sought to make himself equal with God as one who by nature is not equal with God, Jesus, who is equal with God, sought to humble himself and wow. take on the form of a servant, not just a servant, but was obedient even to the point of death. You guys taking notes uh, on this? If you're listening, you know, if, so, if you're driving, no, but you know, yeah. That's good. Please don't take notes while you drive. No, no, no. Uh, Mental notes. Mental notes. You know, so he, he, where Adam failed and through his sin brings death to all, Jesus succeeds and through his death and resurrection brings life to any who believe. And, and so, yeah, you see that'll preach y'all. That'll preach. Yeah. Uh, if I hear this in your next sermon, then I'm glad we had this conversation. <laughs> yeah, there you, go. you know, <laughs> there you go. But that kind of contrast and that sort of that fulfillment in Jesus turning the tables—that's the cool stuff, right? Yeah. That that really kind of explains just the beauty. Like I think what you referred to earlier, the mystery. Yeah, right? I mean, it's all there, and even like the virgin birth. What did what did God tell the serpent in the garden? He said, "There will be enmity between you and the seed of the woman." Yeah. What a strange statement! Except that the Messiah would come born of a virgin. Uh, and that that seed of the woman that would that would uh, crush the head of Satan, um, crush the head of the serpent. I mean, you see that played out. You know, the virgin birth is a John the Baptist birth was supernatural and and very in line with like Abraham and Sarah and having Isaac. It was a supernatural birth, but Jesus is greater. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's just there's a lot of different aspects to. I'm not to, even worthy to wash your feet, uh, or what did John the Baptist see, say when he first uh, met Jesus? Oh yeah, he said, "One is coming adult. behind me. I, I'm not. I'm not even worthy to untie his sandals." Yes, you know, Which I'm not like, even no. worried to go down and and pull the you know pull the strap on his chacos. Uh, <laughs> the strap on his chacos. You know, I'm I'm not even. I don't deserve even that. I mean, that's yeah. pretty. And yet Jesus says that among among uh, those born of women, there's no one greater than John the Baptist, and um, and the humility of Christ, so. I think, is what's really cool. You've been talking, doing this series called the the humble church, mm-hmm. and the humble church as a church, we're supposed to be modeled after the humility of Christ. And the Advent, I mean, you just see it everywhere. Oh my goodness! Advent. 
right? Just I mean, I I I often just marvel at the fact of um, Jesus chose to go through childbirth as the one being birthed. He didn't have to be. Jesus chose to have to learn how to eat solid foods. Jesus chose how to be potty trained. Jesus chose to have to learn how to crawl. No, I mean, you, you really These put are very visceral for you because you're right in smack yeah, in the yeah, middle of yeah. these things. Sure. The but, but one it, year old. Yeah, but even before that, it always has been just this reality of none of us would look back and go, yeah. I mean, outside of kidding, like, man, you got it made as a baby. People just like you, love you, want to hold you, feed you, and all you got to do is eat, sleep, and poop. Like, we kid like that, but the truth is no one wants to go back and be a baby. No, you want to be independent. You think about when you're aging and you're elderly and you kind of revert to that where you can't take care of yourself anymore yeah. and you hate it. So you've got God who, you know, Philippians 2, 5 through 11, who Jesus, fully God, chooses to humble himself, to step down off the throne of glory, not to get rid of his glory, but to, to not use his deity as a, a thing to be lorded over us. And he comes and it just what he has to go through to be born. And then he's, he's not born to a family where it'll be easy or he's born to a poor working class family from the middle of nowhere. Uh, he, from the day he's really born, he will face various forms of of oppression. I mean, he's two years old, and there's threats on his life, and they've yeah. got to go and 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 live as refugees and, and exiles live in another Egypt, land. not even his own country. Yeah, they're like an expat for twelve years. Yeah, so you've got all these realities. He's got you know he spends thirty years. The reality is, Jesus spends thirty years in obscurity. Yeah, obscurity. Uh. And he, he he doesn't struggle with it. He doesn't. He's completely committed to the plan of God. When it's time, when the when, when the Father moves him to begin the public ministry, he moves it. And you just you watch time and time again. I feel like what you see, especially in the humility of Christ, it's not the kind of humility we are are really prone to. I think as American believers, who, if we're honest, we struggle with various forms of entitlement and of. Uh, the American dream brought into a Christian ministry context. And maybe that's just more personal for me because I see it. I see the temptation in my life. I see uh, just in other ministers and pastors and different ministries and things where, man, is that, is that really, am I, am I, am I willing to follow that example? Um, Or, or, Hey, you know, it's actually, I kind of get a pretty decent, gig in life with with just doing ministry for Jesus. I don't know. I just, you see his humility everywhere. And I think it's a humility that if we're honest, we all with our words will say, man, yes, that's what it looks like. But when we really start to process what it demanded of Christ to humble himself, and then mm. we realize, oh, wait. And yet Paul's whole reason for sharing that theological truth there in Philippians 2 is to call us to, to in humility, live with one another. That's a different... Um, it's a deep calling. That that's a different reality that I'm not so sure um, we all really get. Yeah, and it's putting our dreams on the altar is not an easy thing. Mm-mm. You know, uh, kind of getting back to the sort of the Advent picture and whatnot. What I always think is funny when you see even at Advents at some churches that do the nativity plays, they still have the wise men come out. At oh the, yeah. At the- Bring out the Magi. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. We we know why you're doing it because everyone sort of thinks about it and sort of feels like it's part of the Christmas story, yeah. but we know it's two years later. Um, what do you, why do you – I always tell people the Bible includes things for a reason. It sure. tells us they did specific things to tell us something about God or tell us something about human nature. They don't ever put anything in just by, yeah, why sure. not throw that in? So why do you think – and God orchestrates these things. Why do you think he has such a – 
this wide spectrum of people who come to acknowledge Jesus' birth. You have shepherds who are basically like the rejects of society. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, they were like the truck drivers of their day. They yeah, were yeah. essentially responsible for tons of wealth and safekeeping, but no one wanted to be around them. No. They yeah. were they were vagabonds. They were the outcasts. They were the outcasts. So you have that. And then you have royalty from another country coming, you know, granted two years later. Um, to acknowledge his birth or his his coming into the world and that kind of thing. Why those two? Do you think? Yeah, I mean, one, I'm gonna provide. I don't know that I can answer the for sure, for sure why, because I don't want to put myself speaking on behalf of the Lord. Fair enough. What I what I <laughs> what I surmise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What I surmise. I mean, I think a couple of things. One, you see clearly in Scripture, God's heart is. Um, uh, and I think this goes right along actually we're just talking about with Jesus' humility. God's heart is for um the lowly. Yeah. Uh he is for the outcast. He is uh, he he delights to use those that society does not pay any attention to, pay any heed to. Uh, we wow. see it time and time again. So I, you know, I think yeah, the shepherds and I think part of that is honestly um and 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 maybe I finally come back to this here in a second. The shepherds at least responded. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they actually went and worshiped. Uh, there's other people that, in my opinion, if you really look at the Christmas story, had had a fair enough shot to have gone and worshiped, and they didn't. Mm. But but they did. And, I, you know, I think the, the Magi coming from the East, you know, people speculate, were they... Were they non-Jewish at all? Were there some Jewish because of, of obviously the Jews would have spent the 70 years in exile and some chose to stay there and, and there would have been different things. I don't know. It doesn't tell us that. But I do think you have to see God's Messiah. You see God's heart for the whole world. You see God's yeah. heart for the nations because God's announcement through the star went to the world. Yeah, kind of broadcasted it everywhere. And the world came in and you see that. And it's interesting. So you've got the lowly, you've got the outcasts, and you've got the nations who come to worship Jesus. Hmm. And then you've got those, you know, obviously you've got the picture of like Simeon at the temple. Uh, You've got some very faithful, but outside of that, by and large, exactly what John uh, 1 says about Jesus. He came to his own, but his own did not receive him. They didn't know him. They didn't recognize him. you got to think like the Sadducees must have expected the, the Messiah to come from royalty. You know, to come from the, the wealthy clans or something like that. Yeah, they obviously the didn't expect clan. where it came. Exactly. Or like Pharisees probably would have expected Jesus. They called him rabbi. They called him teacher, but still probably expected him to come from this very high educated kind of family setting or what have you. Or maybe the zealots, you know, um, maybe expect him to be more warrior like, to be someone who will create them into a nation. And uh, it's just everyone had an expectation of what the Messiah would be. Yeah. And Jesus blew all those expectations out of the water. And you can read Isaiah 53 and just see all these descriptions, yeah, and it just it blows your mind. And I, I always think Jesus' birth is a good reminder to, to really have humility considering how we expect his second coming to be. You think his first coming, no one expected it to come that way, right? Yeah. He had Pharisees who had the, old, the entire Old Testament memorized, knew Scripture probably better than most of us do, and they missed it. Yeah. Right. They missed the heart of Absolutely. scripture, right? And they missed it. They completely missed it and didn't recognize their Messiah in front of it. In fact, they may have even recognized Jesus as Messiah, but didn't like it. You yeah. Know? I mean, Jesus said, like, you will not re- receive forgiveness because you don't want it. Right. And they rejected their own Messiah. So I always think when we think through eschatology, the future things when it's second coming, they have a lot of humility about it and say, hey, listen, we can do some really good studies on what it's going to sure, be like. Yeah. But let's have an open mind. Well, and especially, <laughs> when, especially when Jesus makes a statement. 
nobody knows the date or the time. Exactly. I mean, that's, that's, that should. I mean, we don't even have to. But even the particulars, it. like, like yeah. it's going to be after this, and this has to happen yeah, first, yeah. and it's you know, let's just be really kind of. <laughs> I don't know, yeah. just humble about it, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And I used to be very dogmatic about that kind of stuff. And then I realized I have professors who disagree with me and they know way more than I do. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I better, I better have an open hand yeah. about this. You yeah, know? yeah. So, uh, all right. So, okay. So speaking of some of these things, what do you think people overlook about the Christmas story a lot? You know, I mean, I'll, I'll, I won't try to fill in everybody's gap, everybody's thought, but I, I, one of the things that to me stands out about the Christmas story that when I read it, one of the small little details is um, I, I think we miss that it seems like a lot of people should have been at that manger worshiping Jesus and mm-hmm. had a fair shot to, but for whatever reason didn't. I mean, you've, you've got the reality that the shepherds, the angels appear to the shepherds and man, they get up. I don't know. I mean, I'm assuming they, they left their flock or they, or they, you know, I don't know how they've got a big flock. I don't know how you're bringing the big flock through the town. (laughs) Um, And if you are, certainly that's, that's getting attention from this small little town of Bethlehem. Um, They come and worship and it says that they, they, and they worship at the foot of Jesus and they went out and, and it says that they just kept talking about it. And obviously they were sharing with other people. We saw angels. The whole sky was filled. Get no record of anybody else going out to the manger. What are you guys doing out there in the field, shepherds? Yeah, you've got got, um, the fact that the angel appears to Zacharias at the temple. And it says, this is in Jerusalem, and and all of Jerusalem was abuzz. This is the first time God stalked in 400 years. And then that wanes. And then you see John's supernatural birth, you know, John's birth and, and, and... uh, Zacharias gets his words back, and people marvel. And but no one. But and then when he, he gives his whole word about the Messiah coming, nothing. You got the Magi come into town. They ask Herod. Herod asks the scribes. The scribes, man, they quote the Old Testament like that. Yeah. Boom, he's right over there. The whole city's abuzz with the news that these Magi from the east have come, and they're coming to Bethlehem to see the King of the Jews. And nobody bothers to walk the two miles yeah. out there it, to see it's it not for far. themselves. <laughs> So I guess my whole point, I think what's easy to miss is sometimes it's kind of like, well, Jesus came in this real hidden... Like Jesus did come in a humble way. Yeah. He didn't come and, and light the whole... It's not going to be like the second coming where everybody's going to look up and see him. There wasn't though. a good leader. Yeah, that's the contrast too, right? Yeah. It's very humble, very subtle. And then the second coming, at least we do know it'll be very... Yeah, it's global. <sighs> I mean, everybody's going to see it. But So yes, he came humble. But in my opinion, he didn't come like... There, people, there were he, there was ample knowledge out there for people to have showed up, yet nobody bothered to. Yeah, and, and I think what that tells me is one, the brokenness of sin. Period is such in us as humans that we can have clear instruction. We can have, we can have clear rumors and murmurings. We can have clear all of this. Mm. And just be so busy in our day to day sinful life that we don't move it. Moving that over to me as a believer, then tells me that as a believer, I mean, I can have all sorts of knowledge of Scripture, and and I could still... How how many times has the Lord been doing something, and I just needed to pause my everyday life, get my head out of the sand, and walk two miles, <laughs> but I've I've missed what's... I just, it's just a reminder, and I guess in that way, it's, it's a humbling reminder to me of going, hey, it is possible for me to know a lot and miss what is there yeah. Um, so we better be paying attention. It's a really good challenge because you think sometimes 
All right, to crank open my Bible chair, open my Bible app, and just to spend five minutes, ten minutes, just reading and praying through Scripture this morning, not that much effort, but sometimes it's just like, oh, but I got so much to do, or, you know, is it really going to make that much of a difference today? You know, I've got this and that to do, these chores, I feel so busy, or I'm serving, or what have you. And I think sometimes as Christians, we can get jaded a little bit too. Sure. Um, where we get kind of these calluses in our hearts to certain things. And you have to wonder, too, if you wonder if the, the Jewish people at the time, people are talking about Messiah, this is, this is the new Messiah. They were a little bit jaded, too, because there had been other faux Messiahs. For sure. Right? For you know, sure. Other people who claimed to be the Messiah, who led revolts and what have you. Like, oh, yeah, here's just another Messiah. You know, and how do we know this is the real one? Right? How do we know this is the legit deal? So it's easy to let our jaded spirit sort of keep us from seeing what God is doing, I think, sometimes, and let those... Let the Holy Spirit sort of break down those calluses and, and demolish those those walls we've put in our heart to protect ourselves from being disappointed, perhaps, or just to make ourselves easier on life. So great challenge from the Advent. Yeah. That was one of my questions, and you basically just segued right to it. So uh, thank you for that, Wes. We are just about out of time. And so, Wes, if you would like to close us out in for sure. a quick prayer, we would appreciate it. Yeah, let's it. do that. Let's pray. Jesus, we do just thank you that you've... Um, uh, that, that you've come, that you were willing to humble yourself, to step down out of heaven, to come, to take on flesh, to take on not just flesh, but to come in the form of a bondservant, to to be obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross, death in which you became our sin, that we might mm. become your righteousness. And uh, Jesus, we just say, just thank you, and may we not... Um, God, be so wrapped up in our, our our expectations, our ideas, our mindset, God, our misinterpretations that we miss the clear blinking neon signs where you are speaking and moving. Yes, God. May we just not miss you because, Jesus, the reality is, I think about the words at the beginning of Acts, Theophilus, I, I, I previously wrote to you all Jesus began to do. The implication being that Jesus, starting with the book of Acts, to now... And until you come back is all that you are continuing to do. So in spite of how crazy and wild our world is and different of a Christmas season and this and that, you are at work and are moving. God, may we not be so caught up in our daily life that we we neglect to go walk two miles to see what you're doing and to fall at your feet in worship and to be a part. Jesus, it's in your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Wes, thank you so much for joining us. You can follow our podcast on YouTube and on Spotify, on iHeartRadio, on Apple Podcasts. Please share this podcast. If you think this might encourage somebody, share it on Facebook. Give that thumbs up on YouTube. Like it on Facebook. We just thank you so much for tuning in, and we hope you have a great day.